Hey friends, it's Jared Kirk here and we're meeting online today because the city of Boston has shut us down and we do want to be safe and love our community well, so thank you for joining us. Hey, it's Christmas time now. It's officially Christmas time. How good is that? And it's one of those times where we love getting together with people, but it's not really happening that much this year. You know, I love meeting with my mom and my dad. I love meeting with my sister and my brother-in-law. I love hearing the crazy stories from my brother-in-law about all of his insane escapades at summer camp and how crazy his life was or whatever. I, I don't even mind sitting through that stuff because I just like being with people. Right now we have Zoom, we have FaceTime, but it's just not the same. There is, a, there is an element of separation and isolation that's happened in our lives lately. I don't know if you've noticed that. You know, the Bible has a way of talking about a place of separation or isolation in our lives. It would use the word exile. Exile in the Bible is a lonely place that's far from home. Exile is when you leave the place that you've come from, God temporarily sends you away, and you feel like a foreigner, you feel out of place, you feel like all the ordinary things that make life consistent are missing from your life. But one day, God's gonna bring you back from that exile back to your home, but he'll bring you back changed. Because when you're in exile, you will learn God shows up in your life in amazing ways. That's what exile is all about. And as I've thought about our series, Christmas Isn't Canceled, I've kind of realized that maybe the word to describe what we're experiencing in 2020 is exile. We're far from ordinary. We're isolated and alone. We're hoping to come back to ordinary, regular life. But in the meantime, we're having to hold on to God and depend on Him. You know, that first Christmas was not easy for the family, for Mary and Joseph and Jesus. It just, it was not easy for them at all. Crazy difficulties that they had to go through. But they learned that God was with them even in the middle of the difficulties that they were facing. Listen to what Matthew 1.23 says. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And this is the prophet Isaiah. It says, the virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. They learned that no matter what difficulties they were facing, God is with them and that's what got them through the tough times. Now here's the crazy thing. What you are gonna need and what I am gonna need to get through this Christmas is the thing that Christmas gives us, God with us. What we most need is God's presence to sustain us, to guide us, to provide for us, to work all of this mess out for our good and His glory. And that's the promise that Christmas makes to us. And that's why we're looking at the Christmas story today, Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 through 15. Because we're going to learn about how God is with us even in seasons of exile in our lives. Now, our church exists to see Jesus made famous, Boston made new, people made whole. And I just feel there's a part of people being made whole where we're isolated and alone. People are dealing with mental health issues. We're dealing with habitual sins. We're not, you know, we're not coping with 2020 in super healthy ways. And yet in the middle of that, God wants to meet us in that hard place and heal us from the inside out. And so part of us fulfilling our mission as a church is understanding how God is with us in seasons of exile and aloneness. And as you're listening to this, it's probably only five days to Christmas. 
Boston's shut down again because of COVID. You're distant from family. And that's why we actually called our Christmas series, Christmas Isn't Canceled, because our plans may have been canceled, but the hope, the joy, the peace of Christmas are never canceled. That idea that God is with us cannot be taken away, regardless of how our plans change in 2020. And so while life may look different, God is gonna meet you in the middle of it and he's gonna help you grow when he's with you. So let's look at Matthew 2, 9 through 15 together. Let me read the passage and then we'll point some things out. Here's what it says. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. Now they're talking about the magi or the wise men. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. Now there's a few things I want to point out to you from this text. And here's the first one. God is with you to provide for you. God is with you to provide for you. This, this text that we're looking at today starts with a confirmation that Jesus is God with us. Emmanuel. The Magi, sometimes called the wise men, sometimes called the three kings, and maybe in your culture, three kings day is an even bigger celebration than Christmas. But they, they traveled across an entire continent and they were following the signs in the skies to, follow, to find this baby who would be king. And it's really interesting to me that they, they were practicing astrology and looking at the stars and somehow they found Jesus. You know, some biblical scholars have actually conjectured that they're from the kingdom of the Babylonians where the prophet Daniel was. And it says that prophet Dan, the prophet Daniel knew how to read the stars. And so maybe he taught them the signs to look for in the skies. But regardless of what it is, they go on this incredible journey to find God come down to earth as a person. And so Jesus is God's arrival. But I want you to notice this for your life. God's arrival, the fact that God is with us, it doesn't exempt anyone from hardship, from difficult time and difficult years. Just the opposite. Joseph, Mary, and their infant son, Jesus, who's probably actually two years old at this point, are warned in a dream overnight. You have to get up, you have to go, you have to leave everything you know. They had to leave their home, their relatives, their culture, their customs, their holidays, and they have to stay in Egypt. Now, they probably stayed in Egypt for two years while Herod the Great was king. Herod, Herod ruled under the Roman Empire's authority from 37 BC to 4 BC. Now, now what I want you to pay attention to is that although God is with you, although Jesus is with you, that doesn't exempt you from difficult times, but it does mean that God will provide for you in those difficult seasons of exile and isolation. The Magi brought gifts to Jesus. And each of these gifts had a symbolic meaning to it. Gold is a gift you give to a king. And so they were giving him gold, recognizing that he would be a, a great king. Frankincense was a spice that they used to make 
a, um, an oil that they would anoint the high priest of Israel with. So it recognized that Jesus was the great high priest. And then myrrh, and this is so interesting, was a spice that they would use to embalm dead bodies. And so it's a recognition that Jesus was going to die someday. So king, priest, and sacrifice. That's what, the, that's what the gifts represent. But I also want you to notice that just on a really practical level, Joseph, came, Joseph Mary, and, and Jesus, they, they were poor. You know, he was a carpenter. They didn't have a lot of money. And they're about to flee from their country. And just before they do, these three wise men show up with these incredibly expensive gifts because God is providing what they need for their season of exile. You know, when God is with you, it does not exempt you from difficult times, but it does mean when God is with us that he is going to provide for us in those seasons of isolation. All right, here's the second thing I want to point out to you. God is with you to guide you. So not just to provide you, but also to guide you. Herod was a great king, and he was under the impression, as all other Jews were at that time, that the Messiah was going to be an Israeli political king who would overthrow all the other kings. And what that meant in the ancient Near East was that Herod would probably be killed, Herod's entire family would be killed, and he would be, he would be thrown out of, out of power forever and all of his descendants. So Herod was probably rightfully scared of the future Messiah. He perceived the birth of Jesus to be a threat to his life. And so he decided to kill Jesus as a young child before Jesus could grow up to be a threat to him. The family of Jesus was in danger. Now think about this. When you have God in your life, just because God is with us, it does not exempt us from seasons of danger. In fact, it could be just the opposite. But Joseph does have a dream. And in that dream, an angel says, get up tonight and head out of town. You've got to flee to Egypt. So catch that. When God is with you, there could still be dangerous circumstances in your life, and yet he will guide you through them. You know, we may not have angels delivering dreams to us, although I do believe that from time to time, God may give you dreams that have a spiritual significance. But what we have every day of our lives is something even better than what Joseph had. He had an angel who told him God's message. But if you have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. The Holy Spirit is God's personal presence. He is with you. And one of the things he does is he guides you. And, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, you can, you can ask a friend who is. Everyone who has a relationship with God through his son, Jesus, has this experience where sometimes they just feel a leading from God to go to, go to this place or talk to this person or, or pursue this path, but not that path because God's Spirit guides us through life. And it's our job to trust and obey. So you might be in a confusing season right now, or you may perceive this to be a very dangerous season right now, but because God is with you, you know that he's gonna guide you. Now here's the third thing I wanna point out from this. God is with you for your good and for his glory. God is with you for your good and for his glory. The family of Jesus likely stayed in Egypt for a couple of years. It's hard to say with precision, but we do know from historical artifacts that Herod reigned until 4 BC. Now, this is one of those things that's just a little confusing, right? Because Jesus wasn't born in 0 AD. He was born several years before that, and because of an error they made with calendars, they kind of set the date for 0 BC wrong. 
But eventually we know that the family of Jesus returns to Judea and they settle in Nazareth. But the final sentence of our text goes to great lengths to point out that this was every bit of this was a part of God's unfolding plan from the very beginning. And it was all happening according to a prophecy made by Hosea, which you can find in Hosea 11.1 1, if you want to look that up later. You know, this season of exile, it was long, it was confusing, it was difficult. You have to wonder how Jesus' family felt as they heard reports back home about what was happening to the, to the children in Bethlehem. You know, what must they have wondered as their exile dragged on for, for maybe they thought it would be a few days. You know, the angel didn't say, and then it turned into weeks, and then it turned into months, and then it turned into years. They, they must have wondered, and yet God's plan was unfolding all along. And they could see that God had worked it all out for their good and for his glory. And those are the twin promises of scriptures, that if you know God, if you have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, he's going to work things out in your life for your good and for his glory in the end. That's always what he does. The Bible says, for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, he is working all things together for our good. And you know, this promise is not just what God did once upon a time for the family of Jesus. It is the whole purpose Jesus came to earth. It's why he took on flesh. It's why he lived a perfect life and died as a sacrifice upon the cross for my sins and for your sins so that God could work good in our lives. He could bring good out of evil. He could bring good out of our sin. He could redeem what was broken. He could heal what was wounded. And then he would get every bit of glory for it because it's not what we did. It's what he accomplished through his son, Jesus, and his death on the cross and his perfect life. And then he's risen from the dead. He's praying for you. Right now in heaven, he is interceding for you to his father. And every bit of that means that all the good God brings about in your life, it's all his doing. And so he gets every bit of glory for that. Now, at the end of the message today, when I pray, I'm going to give you a chance to pray and put your faith in Jesus. And maybe you need to do that for the first time. Maybe you need to recommit your life to trust in him. But I'm going to pray and give you the chance to start that relationship with him today so that it's not just this idea that Jesus died for someone's sins, but that Jesus died for my sins so that I could know the Father. You know, as we think about God with us, this idea that God came with us to provide for us, to guide us, and to work everything out for our good and his glory. You know, how do we walk out of here and live that? Well, there's certain parts of Christianity that are a walk. They call it, how's your walk with the Lord, Christians sometimes say. Because sometimes what you have to do is you got to go out here and you got to walk the walk. And it means you love your spouse in a different way, or you, do your, you live your singleness, or you date in a different way, or you manage your money and your generosity in a different way. You attend church once a week so that you can be a part of Jesus' family reunion and refix your eyes on him. And so there's part of Christianity that's a walk. But there's part of Christianity that's a wonder, where you're just supposed to be in awe and wonder of who God is. And I think this miracle of Christmas that God is with us, that through Jesus, God is with us, we're just supposed to wonder. You know, when I was a little kid, I grew up amongst the humidity and mosquitoes of South Florida. And so I, until I was 10 years old, I'd never seen snow or sleet 
or I, I think I saw a piece of hail one time and it blew my mind. And so when I was 10 years old, my parents said, we're gonna fix this. And so they were gonna drive me and my sister during the winter time up to North Carolina so that we could see snow for the first time ever. And we're driving on the highway from Florida up there. We get kind of up into the mountains on this windy road. And all of a sudden I see something, my 10 year old self that I've never seen before. It was just, it was mind-blowingly beautiful. And so I'm like, stop the car, stop the car. My parents are like, okay. And so they pull off the car, we get out and I, I get out of the car and I just stare at it. <laughs> and what it was, it was just a drainage ditch. <laughs> <laughs> but there was water coming down over it that had formed icicles and I'd never seen icicles before. I was just in awe and wonder of what I was seeing. It was a drainage ditch, but everyone else in the world was just passing, passing it by. They were headed somewhere. And I feel like sometimes that's how Christmas is for us. You know, we're in such a rush to get where we're going, to buy the presents, to make the plans, um, to go to the parties, although we don't do a lot of that anymore, to call the people, yeah, and, and all that stuff is good. But we can be in such a rush that we don't stop in awe and wonder and amazement that Jesus is God with us. And so maybe, maybe this week as you're driving in your car and you see a nativity set, or you're walking through the mall and you see the Christmas decorations, or you're just shopping, you're just shopping online and you see those reminders of Christmas. You need to pause, you need to turn some things off, you need to turn some things down, you need to close some apps, and you need to just spend some time with God in wonder that He would come to be with you, to guide you, to provide for you, and to work everything out in your life for your good and His glory. Hey, if you're alone this Christmas, know this. You're never really alone when God is with you. And when you have his personal presence in your life, you have everything you need. Hey, I want to end today by praying. So if you would, wherever you are, maybe you're at home, would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? And if you're, maybe you need to pray this prayer to God to start that relationship with Jesus today. You can pray with me right now. God, I know that I need you in my life. I need God with me. And so I pray that you would come into my life and save me. I wanna live differently, I wanna live for you, but I can't do it on my own. I need a savior to forgive my sins, I need Jesus. And I need a Lord to lead my life so that I can live in a different way. I need Jesus to be my Lord. And so would you come into my life and save me? From this day forward, as much as I'm able, I wanna live for you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to step back with my wife, Heather, because we've got kind of one final announcement for you. Uh, looking forward to seeing you guys Christmas Eve.